glad we watched the OC where we are constantly in a state of gay panic unless it's two chicks <laughs> I'm Sarah and this is Evan hey everybody and we took another unexplained break because life is happening well and I got COVID and you got COVID so that's part of it we're recording on the day where our Christmas party was supposed to take place. Yeah. Well, it's fine. We're going to reschedule it. It'll be sometime in January where it makes no sense and everyone will be listening to Hanukkah music. <laughs> and we'll love it. It's just more Christmas. Yeah, no, that's true. But right now we're keeping everybody safe. Yep. Besides COVID, and you don't need to describe your symptoms in detail or anything, Evan, how are you? It was pretty mild, actually. Um, I feel mostly okay. How are you doing, Sarah? Doing great. Do you have any news to report? I don't think so. No. no. The world is a trash, trash dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. So we're going to not talk about that. <laughs> we can have the music anyway. Yeah. In case anybody misses it. Uh, oh, I will say this. Okay. So I haven't listened to the last episode that we put up, but I have a distinct memory of disliking that episode of the OC, um, making that pretty abundantly clear. Would you say you dislike that one more than this one? Yes, that's sort of the point that I'm making here. Okay. It's like this one. Um, well, I'm sure that you could tell by watching it with me, right? My uh, my affect was brighter. Yes. While watching this episode. Yes. I did more. I did more like. The thing that we do where we, like, look at each other very pointedly. Yes. And, like, put my eyes up against your eyes. There are fewer groans. <laughs> yes, significantly fewer groans. But you did pause it at one point and say, this show is bad. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a bad show. <laughs> like, I don't want anyone to, you know, get the wrong impression that it's a good show. You mean it's a great show. <laughs> well, okay, specifically the moment in time... Uh... What was happening on screen? Fuck. They... Oh, 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 oh. It was, um... It was when Alex... Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Was like, you... How is she gonna... How are, how are you gonna be there to catch her if she doesn't fall? Or something like yeah. that. And it's like, what? Yeah. This is awful advice. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's... Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, ass coded 1976 era advice. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Because that's much farther in the plot. Okay. Today, oh yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about every episode of the OC. Um, Good job, buddy. Thanks. Today we are discussing. <laughs> A little housekeeping, right? <laughs> the bathroom is to your left. Yep. Um, the exits are to the rear and on the sides. Feel free to take a bathroom break anytime you want to. You don't need our permission. <laughs> the cap of my Jones's cane sugar cream soda says you are heading in the right direction. 
Thanks, Jones Cream Soda. Incredible. We'll see. We'll see about that. Stay tuned. Well, you did just make a big personal decision. Ooh! Ooh, you can really taste the cane. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that is, decision. Let's hope that decision pans out well. While this is dis- scintillating content for our listeners, <laughs> for our, our listener, our listener. <laughs> Hi, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Six months from now. Um, we are discussing... We need to get into what we're discussing. What are we discussing, Evan? We're discussing uh, episode five of season two of The O.C. Entitled... Uh, the Snow Sea. Um, spelled S-N-O dot C. Yes. Yes. Previously on... Um, Ryan and Lindsay uh, spent all night talking at the bus stop. Uh-huh. Uh, like, Seth got smooched by Alex. Um, Marissa said that she wants to make uh, being with DJ a real thing. Seth ran after Summer outside of the killer show, and Summer was like, stay away from me. And we were like, we applaud you, Summer, but this decision will last approximately four seconds right yeah or two episodes whichever comes first i don't specifically remember and zach has obviously begun to um he's begun to have enough of the whole summer seth bullshit and zach same yeah (laughs) zach my friend you trust me you're the last person to this hating seth party (laughs) you are the the final person through the door in the we are sick of this summer seth will they won't they fucking bullshit we have a full oregon trail wagon (laughs) our party has been attacked by dysentery multiple children have died (laughs) during the course of this whole will they won't they fucking seth and summer bullshit <laughs> um so there's an interesting fact that I just learned from my source material. Thank you again to anonymouseagle.com because I watch this show but I never remember the sequence of things that happens in this show. Yeah. Cuz I uh, have a bad memory. Um so the the writer points out um we open the scene with uh Ryan and Seth, respectively, bicycling and skateboarding and talking about the mad game with the honeys that they both respectively experienced the night before. Yes, that's right. Yes. It's very unclear what season it is, because what Anonymous Eagle is pointing out is the last couple episodes took place over the span of five days, and that was like September. But in actuality, in 2004, season two of The O.C. debuted on December 9th, which was chronologically wintertime. So all the Fox News viewers were going to be like, hey, why are they still in fall? So there's some time jumping to get us to a winter dance, which is unfortunately called a snow sea. And Ryan and Seth take notice of the giant snow sea banner that is being erected while they are skateboarding and biking. And they're like, hey, should we go to the dance? Oh, but wait. I need to add. It aired on December 9th, 
2004, which is today. Holy shit, it is today. In 2024. Holy fuck, this is exactly 50 years after they originally aired this episode. 195 years. (laughs) (laughs) So that's fun. Yeah, so the boys are like, yeah, now that we both have sweet honeys, we should go to the dance. But then they backtrack on that very quickly and say bad things happen when they go to public events. So maybe they should just go solo. Yeah. And what, Ryan says something, he alludes to like, uh, what's her name has had an entire evening or a weekend or whatever, yeah, to think about whether or not she wants to date me. Yeah. And in my, in my head, I recall remembering or thinking at the time, like, well, that's stupid. Uh Uh-huh. This show is really obviously leading towards you two being an item, at least temporarily. Uh Uh-huh. Um... You know, for maybe part of this season. But I was like, well, that's dumb. But then, sure enough, the show does exactly that. And I was like, oh, sure. Why would I ever assume that this show would not do the stupid thing? They're essentially taking a really lazy route to have a really compact will they or won't they. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really kind of what they do, and it's a little aggravating, but they kind of reset to last episode, and they just do exactly what happened last episode, except instead of the killers, it's just a school dance. Well, they love doing that. Everything that happened last episode just happens again. Yeah. (laughs) But at the school dance. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. (sighs) Love this for us. Yeah, but hey, this show, you know... They gotta pad out an entire fucking season, and there's a lot of episodes. Forty six this on, season. Until are you kidding me? No, I'm, I mean yes, I'm kidding. Okay, thank God. <laughs> but fuck, man! I mean, it was two thousands television. I wouldn't no. have fucking put it past it if they did a forty six episode season. <laughs> um, and then after Seth and. Ryan are deciding they're going to go to the dance alone because bad things happen. We do the other favorite thing that this show does and cut to Marissa having the exact same conversation with Summer and Zach. Yep. And her mom wouldn't want her to take DJ to the dance anyway because she'd lose her mind, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But Marissa can't go alone, but this is the first stance of the year with her as social chair. So... Did we set up any of this last season? I feel like in the pilot, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but in the pilot, she was setting up the school carnival and was the chair. Okay. Even if they, maybe they didn't call it specifically the social chair. She was the president of the rotary glitter or or something. (laughs) (laughs) But she absolutely has been in charge of things like this before. Okay. And so we have established this. And it's not just something they've created out of whole cloth entirely just for this episode. Right. Okay. Right. Um, Summer explains, uh, there's a lot of exposition going on also. This is uh, the snow sea is the one day of the year when winter comes to Newport Beach, which is why they call it the snow sea. Wah, wah. Wah. 
Um, what else? Oh, Julie is on the hosting committee, and I guess we didn't pick up on that when she showed up at the dance, but that's because hosting committee is such a ass-backwards way of saying she's chaperoning the dance. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? They could have just as easily said, right, okay, because Marissa's entire, entire reason, apparently, for not inviting DJ is uh, my mom's on the hosting con- committee and I wouldn't want to subject DJ to that. Um, yeah, she could have just said, my mom's chaperoning. Yeah. Bam, done, easy. And also she could have said, my mom and dad are chaperoning. Yeah. Like, And then it wouldn't have been a shock why fucking Jimmy is there. Do they say that Jimmy is also host on the hosting committee or whatever? No, that's why it's completely out of left field it when they're deeply, at the dance. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> they, they pan over to Julie and Jimmy and boy, you, I think almost exactly at the same time. We're like, what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> why is he there? Because they're running out of things for him to do until. Yeah. Until. Ugh, we'll get to it. Yep. Um, so... Withering sigh. I think we're... Are they... Is all this conversation taking place while they're now at a table selling tickets? Is that what's happening? Um, I I want to really quick mention uh, that the boys come upon the girls at one point. Yeah. And Seth and Summer begin their... What? They're bullshit. They're bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say they're bantering, but it's just bullshit. Yeah. And Zach rolls his eyes and leaves. Uh, yeah. No, that's that is where we are. That's yeah. what's happening. But yeah, because they're talking about tickets because you get tickets through Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not again not how things would work. No. For a dance. No, not at all. No. They're not just gonna let some kid take all the money. <laughs> So, oh, sorry. Yes. It's 2004. You would at the very least request to be one of her top eights on her MySpace. Yes. I don't know. I don't get it. That's how you get into the dance. Top eights? You didn't have a MySpace? No. <gasps> I had live journal, remember? I wasn't a MySpace girly. <gasps> yeah. The top eight was fraught because you had to order your friends in the. Um, if you had more than eight friends, you could only choose eight to be in your top eight. And the rest were not displayed on your page. Oh, shit. Right? Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. So for the high schooler and middle schooler, I was in college, I think, by this time, or post-college. I don't fucking know. I don't. Yeah, I was post-college. I didn't care. But the girlies, they cared. Sure. Yes. No, that would make sense. Um, anyway. I just wanted to read into the record <laughs> that Zach is also getting over this bullshit. Yeah. And so he leaves and uh, Summer makes some joke. This is all pre-fucking credits, by the way. Uh, Summer makes some some snide remark that she's like, because uh, blah, blah, girls walking out on you, Cohen. Yeah. And he's like, kind of like Zach is doing right now to you, you dumb bitch. Yep. And, and Summer's like, Zach, Zachy. She has stopped calling him Ducky, which is good. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. He, she's listening. Yeah. He requested that she stop calling him Ducky last episode. Yeah. 
Um, so we cut from that scene to Sandy, because we haven't even mentioned what's going on with the adults up until this point. Yeah. Because I don't care. I care so little. Uh, lawyer, lawyer, Caleb won't take Sandy's calls. Mm -hmm. He's still hiding this dumb problem or this dumb secret, which... Should we just say what the secret is now? I want to briefly discuss how inconsistent... And again, I know looking for consistency in this show is a fool's errand. But I want to say three or four episodes ago, Caleb felt very confident that this was just all going to go away. Mm -hmm. Right? He was was like, I'll be surprised if it even makes it to court, Sandrew. And then... So, like, then they talked about the trust, and it was at that point that they seemed to sort of understand what they were doing. Um, But they went from Caleb feeling very confident that everything was going to be fine, uh, that he had nothing to worry about, uh, and now they've transitioned to Caleb could do jail time for this. Whatever this is, this being, you know, putting money in this trust, and uh, it looks like he's colluding with uh, city council. City council, yeah. Okay, cool. Because um, he's making monthly payments to a lady who's on city council. And last episode, I was basically shouting the thing that they're hiding at you, <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to know, and I'm like, but Evan! No, I mean, it's all pretty obvious by the time you get to it in this episode. Uh-huh. Because they've been pretty... I, I will, so you obviously... But did you put it together that there were two characters with long red hair? When you mentioned it last episode. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Don't have as many French 75s this time. I'm very subtle. And maybe you won't be as blatant. I'm very subtle. But, uh... Yeah, okay, everyone, what? Whatever, spoilers. The show's been out for literally 40 years now. (laughs) Lindsay is... (laughs) What's her names? Weevil? Weevlers? What's her mom's name? They say her name a few times. Brenda Wheeler. Is it Brenda Wheeler? No. But it's Mrs. Wheeler. Renee Renee Wheeler. Wheeler. Renee Wheeler, yes, okay. Uh, and Caleb's love child. Yes. Right? Have we talked about her dad at all? She hasn't mentioned her dad, has she? No. No. Okay. Um, anyway. Or if she did, it was so boring, I didn't care. That's the big shock. That's the only thing that really actually happens in this episode, in my opinion. Yeah. Is we learn about that. We learn it at the very, very, very fucking end, right before the credits. And the only other thing that this episode actually achieves is, like I said before, doing literally all the same beats it did last episode, but slightly different. And if this is... Ooh, ooh, now my tinfoil hat is on. Put it on. Because if this episode aired on December 9th, that's about when network television would have taken their holiday breaks and, like, spent 72 days in a row airing, like... The California Raisins Christmas Special <laughs> on Thursdays. So this was a cliffhanger Fuck. designed Fuck. to get you to come back and be like, "What?" Here, look it up really quick. When did episode six air? 
Um, okay, but you're gonna have to vamp for a second because my typing fingers are not... Okay, yeah. Uh, so when we come back from commercial break, uh, yeah, Sandy can't get in touch with Caleb. Again, it's completely inconsistent because when Caleb was first indicted, he was like, you know, and, uh, Kirsten was like, <laughs> right? And Sandy was like, I've never represent that piece of shit unless he was sucking my dick, you know? <laughs> but then when Caleb is arrested, Sandy's like, I'm his lawyer, blah, blah. It, it, Caleb's motivations seem to come and go totally at random now. Um, yeah, I, you know, whatever. It doesn't make any, any sense at all, but that's fine. Because again, this the writers of this show don't actually care about the story making any sense. They just care about taking the puzzle pieces and cramming them together and just shattering them so that they actually make some kind of relatively barely coherent story, I guess. Okay, the Chris McCoy that almost wasn't, which is the episode we will be talking about next... Episode 6, Season 2. Yep, aired on December 16th, 2004. So 9, so 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Just seven it's exactly after. one week after. So I am incorrect. That's fine, it hardly matters. Every episode is a cliffhanger, if you think about it. I suppose. It's waiting until the next fucking episode. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so now we go from this... Does What is Kirsten's... Oh, is this where, uh, yes, this is where, um, Sandy, is this where Sandy kisses Kirsten on the cheek? Cause, she, cause he's like, I need to, I need to speak with, oh yeah, because, uh, in the deposition of Renee Wheeler, she didn't say anything and her yeah. counsel recommended that she say nothing and she answered none of Sandy's questions. Yeah. And he's like, if I could run into her, then I could maybe ask her what's going on. And Kirsten's like, Sandy, don't do anything. She's like, don't do anything illegal or don't get yourself in trouble or anything. And he's like, oh, we're well past that now, hon. Oh, you like, sweet summer child, yeah. everybody breaks the law, etc. He smooches her on the cheek. Is this that scene? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And now we cut to interior, classroom. <laughs> classroom. Science class. Oh, solar it's, it's system. Solar system class, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the 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 business yes. uh, that the the <laughs> the background characters are doing is putting up a whole bunch of big posters mm-hmm. of the planets and the stars and stuff. There's also a little diorama. So we've learned everything there is to know about physics in physics class, and now we're going to astronomy. Yeah, like you do. Yep, sure. Why the fuck not? <laughs> so a the kids are still in class, which is heartening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um Ryan gathers his Wheaties, which is a thing that people say. Yep. Right? Crams them in his undies. Crams them in his undies and goes to ask Lindsay to the snow sea, and she says <gasps> No. It's very sweet. Cause she's like what? She says something like, uh, I had a great time talking with you and I know to the casual observer it would seem that I was into you and with all of the uh, barely concealed obvious flirting we've been doing this entire season since my introduction since our little meet cute where you punched me in the face twice 
Uh, I know that it would look as though uh, I was interested in you and attracted to you. Uh, however, uh, for reasons completely mysterious. No, no. The reasons are not completely mysterious. The What they basically did was transpose a plot line from an adult workplace comedy to a teen soap opera. Yeah. She says, we're lab partners. What if it didn't work out between us? Ryan, the sacred relationship being lab partners <laughs> like in this one class it's truly like this is the excuse that every workplace romance has, has said yeah you're you are also just not supposed to shit where you eat sure sure this is my thing though uh and this is what i wanted to pause and talk to you about but i decided to save for the pod to get that sweet sweet content out of it <laughs> um Lindsay, yeah is being written as a smart person. Yep. Right? She reads books. Yeah, she reads books. She makes notes on the books. She's political. Uh-huh. You know, uh, we remember from her bumper stickers. Carrie Edwards. You know, she... Yes, thank you, yes. Uh, so, okay, she smart. Also, she uh, self-aware, you know, uh, recognizes sort of her position in kind of like the social you know, cast, uh, that she's in, Mm -hmm. uh, recognizes Ryan's position because in this little conversation, she's like, you're, you know, a handsome boy who lives in the pool house of some rich family. And because she has this self-awareness of her situation and Ryan's situation and the reality of high school, because that's the other thing is like, in episode one or two, I'm pretty sure she was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get a good degree. And then I'll go to Princeton, Yale, Harvard, and go into poli sci and become president. Right? She knows what she knows what her future really looks like. She knows yeah. the future that she wants for herself. So my general point is, why the fuck not date the hot dumb boy for a semester? For clout. I mean, for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. You know, she really seems like a character who, I'm probably reading way too much into this, but she seems like a character who has been sort of like nerdy and not popular. So, Lindsay, just date the hot boy. Date him for fun. Yeah. He's a good kisser from what we've seen. He's secretly smart. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, he's secretly not a complete idiot. So, like, you'll be able to probably have interesting conversations with him when you're not just fucking. Just fuck him. You can listen to Journey together. He's hot. While you're fucking. He's hot as fuck. Just fuck him. <laughs> like, just have a good fucking time so that you have, you know, some sexual experiences under your belt before you go and branch out and discover your bisexuality in Harvard, Yale, Princeton. You know? Yes. She's smart enough a character that I think she should be able to just embrace. Cool, the hot boy likes me. I'll fuck him. But that excuse would have made more sense than the we're lab partners of, and everybody knows that lab partners shouldn't hook up. If she had instead said something like, I'm just here to fo- I'm not here to make friends. Sure, I'm just here to focus, focus on, on my studies. Yeah. I don't need some... You're right. Yeah, if she was like, I don't need the distraction because I need to get really good grades. Yeah. So I can get a full scholarship. 
to Yale, See, Harvard. Yarl Princeton. Yarl Princeton. <laughs> Brown. Brown. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, it's so but we're lab partners. How dare we? How dare we betray the sacred bond? Um. This is why Jedi aren't allowed to marry. Yes. You have to focus. <laughs> Are Jedi not allowed to marry? It's the dumbest thing. They're, yeah, space priests. It makes no sense. Space priests? It makes no sense. This is That they're laser sword wielding telepathic space priests who aren't allowed to fuck. It's so dumb. (laughs) It's so dumb. They just took it from Catholicism and it doesn't make any sense in the context. Huh. Yeah. That's a different podcast. They're like, what, they're, the reasoning that George Lucas came up with was like, if you if you have like <laughs> if you have emotional attachments uh, the people <laughs> cloud your judgment in the forest <laughs> it's George Lucas George Lucas the person who said that Carrie Fisher shouldn't wear underwear, underwear. because there was no, no underwear space in space under- yeah no space in underwear no underwear in space yeah yes yes that George Lucas sure yeah it's so dumb it's very dumb. But this is also that dumb. Yes. We're lab partners. We can't do it. <laughs> so we go from that scene to Marissa and DJ. DJ is... Pick, no. Marissa leaves. She gets a call from DJ. Yeah. Who's like, it's your lunch break. Do you want to go to lunch? And she's like, yeah. And then the next shot is her like flumping onto the bed yes like orgasmically yes she's like i love these lunch dates (laughs) because and my galaxy brain is like well this is normalizing girls not eating on their lunch breaks just going home to make out oh wow i didn't even think of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but again it's probably just a dumb thing that went through my head but anyway, so guess who walks in on them while they're making out? Guys, you'll never, you'll, you'll never guess. You'll never in guess. In a million years, you'll never guess who lives at Marissa's house and, and would walk in on her. Walks in. And would conveniently walk in on her, smooching the pool boy. It's who is no longer their pool boy, which makes the whole. Julie walks in. Yeah, guys, it's Julie. Shock and surprise. Okay. okay. But I need You all knew it was going to be fucking Julie. But I need to yell about this because in Julie's subsequent freakout, she says, you're fired to DJ. And he either quit or was fired two episodes ago. He already quit at least two episodes ago. Yeah. So, and additionally, addendum... In addition to, (laughs) you would think that specifically Oliver, who has been retconned out of this show's existence, (laughs) the Oliver ordeal would have taught her to Julie to stop freaking out about Marissa's boyfriends. Right? Uh, If it were a different... Boyfriend, maybe. But let's not forget one of the major character-defining traits of Julie is she 
is painfully aware of her position in polite society, the moneyed classes, her relation to them, and their opinion of her. This is a very good point, but also every other episode, she's like, I just want to be a good mom. And is, like, interested in that for four minutes. (laughs) Julie walks in. She's like, Marissa! Oh, my God! Marissa pulls down her shirt and is like, I I have to go. She's like, what are you doing home? And she's like, it's my lunch break. I have to get back to school. And uh, Julie is like, you are fired uh, to the guy that actually hasn't worked there in weeks now, probably. Yep. Uh, But I do love, I do love what Marissa says. She she says something like, whatever, Mom. Like, that's going to stop me from seeing him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she grounds her. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's you're, like, yeah. It's, yeah, good, good, good fucking luck, mom. You're grounded, you're fired. Yeah. Is, I think, the sequence of dialogue. Yeah. And I, I love that Marissa's like, yeah, like, that's going to fucking stop me. Like, good luck. And now we go to our favorite time of the podcast. It's Seth time. It's Seth going to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay, so both of them at the beginning of the episode, Seth and Ryan were like, yeah, we got hot ladies. Mm-hmm. And Ryan lost his hot lady because she's like, I don't actually want to date you. Let's just be friends. And he's like, lab oh, partner, lab partner. Okay. Now we go to Seth and he is clocking into work ostensibly, even though, again, he is awful at this. Can we, before we go into this, can we also talk about the lighting choices in the scene? I know this is backtracking quite a bit, but the scene where Lindsay shuts Ryan down. Yeah. Like, the lights turn off in the classroom. After she turns him down, despite the fact that there are still, like, kids milling around there. Did you notice that? Uh, I thought, I assumed that there was going to be, like, a video presentation or something like that. But who knows? There are some interesting lighting choices in this episode. We noticed, I noticed one of them later on. There's some kind of some neat lighting after, after the fight. Would you call it good it, they're trying to have some fun with it. You know? I don't think it serves any narrative purpose, but they're trying to have some fun with it. Okay. So, yes. Seth goes into his job. job. <laughs> Big, heavy air quotes around that. Uh-huh. And Alex is like, great. You can sweep and mop the floors, and I saved the bathrooms for you. Yep, because I know you love to do the bathrooms. But first, you can... Uh, you got to throw away these empties. Yeah. At some point prior to this, someone gave Seth advice. Oh, shit. No, this is different. This is different, because the first time he goes to work, he's like, so, you want to do some makey-outy? And she's like, no. She's like, do your fucking job. And he's oh, yeah, like, this is, this is, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, we're on the same page. Yeah. Sorry. No, we're there. We're there. I mean, what, yeah. they re- they keep recreating these scenes, so it's not our fault that it's difficult to distinguish one from the other. Yeah. Because they just keep doing the same thing over and over again with slightly different consequences. Yeah. So he goes, oh, sorry, go for it. He asks her to the, di- he asks, um. Alex. Alex. 
Now I can't remember the actress's name. Olivia. Newton John. Newton John. <laughs> Rodrigo. Rodrigo. No. You Are think you... This, you think the microphone is going to pick this up? I don't think it's probably going to pick it up. Probably not. I think it's fine. He asks Alex if Alex wants to go to the snow scene. She's like, "Fuck no." And he's like, but we kissed and had ice cream and you're my girlfriend wife now. (laughs) And she's like, it was... It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. She she keeps saying it was just a kiss. I made made the... Yeah. Because that's a a reference. To the killers. To the, the song. Yeah. I understand. I'm just really proud because I don't know... You, you did a good you job. You do. You know I'm really. I'm very proud you of you. You married me. <laughs> so, in emphasizing to Seth that it was just a kiss. And that kissing is not a big deal. Kissing is not a big deal. Because she's a slut. 17-year-old empowered woman, Sarah. <laughs> she kisses the beer guy. Whose who name is Homer. Homer, yep. She gives him a big-ass fucking smoochy smooch on the mouth, and she's like, thanks for delivering the beer, Homer. Homer is the name of one of our best neighborhood dogs, also. And we both thought he was Jimmy at first, because yes. <laughs> he looks almost exactly like Jimmy. It's very similar hair. Um, and he's and, like, well, thank you. And then she kisses Mandy. Another? <gasps> lady. Girl. Lady. Lady girl. Lady woman girl. She's like smoochy smooch. And it's disgusting because they not only do they draw that kiss out much longer than the kiss with Homer, uh, Seth is positioned directly behind them and doing the the fucking Warner Brothers dog with the unfurling tongue and the eyes bulging out and the whatever. I, w- I thought it was more of like a Kevin McAllister slash um, who's the artist that did the scream? The Edward Munch. <laughs> yeah, Edward Munch on the fucking bridge. It can be all of those things. <laughs> he's unhappy but he's also turned on because do you know what's hot? Consumers of Maxim magazine in 2004? <laughs> Ladies. Ladies kissing each other. Ladies kissing ladies on kissing ladies. ladies. So, does anything happen after that? Uh, she's like, see, it's not a big deal. Do, go do your fucking job. Uh, he's dejected. Yeah. And he will talk about this. In the very next scene. In later on episodes. the very next day. Yeah. In later episodes, have you been watching ahead? In, late, in later scenarios, <laughs> situations in this same episode. So in the very next scene, Seth and Ryan are going to school the next day, and Seth is like, women be crazy! Oh, uh, yes, this is Seth's whole, women are crazy! Aren't they crazy? Sometimes they'll kiss you, and then they'll kiss other people. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? This is crazy. And Ryan, for his part, is like, yeah, because, like, he'll spend an entire night talking with them at, at a the bus, bus stop. stop. <laughs> then they won't go to a dance with you. Yep. The women are crazy. And then we see, Mar- this is all taking place outside on the quad or whatever, and we see Marissa 
80 pound frame schlepping things that weigh 150 pounds that are related to the dance. What does she carry? It looks like she's got a bunch of yoga mats, but they aren't yoga mats. They aren't yoga mats. They're like walkways. They're like what? What are they, Sarah? They're, they're floor coverings. They're they're rugs. What? They're, I, what are they? Marissa. What are they? Actress who played Marissa. Get into our. What DMs. was that supposed to be? I, it it's was, so confusing. Oh my god. This, I know I'm poking holes in Swiss cheese here, but like, this show has proven time and again it doesn't know what anything is or how anything <laughs> works, right? But it doesn't know how hospitals work, it doesn't know how retirement homes work, it doesn't know how prison works. You would think they would try to know how high school works. Yeah. Just one of the things, ostensibly, that they're care. Half of the cast of the fucking show but, is in. But Evan. If she wasn't carrying all these things that she clearly needed Ryan to help her carry, then we wouldn't have had the scene of Ryan helping her to carry them yeah. and being cute. No, I know, I know. Functionally, I know that. But they could have given her something to carry that was obviously a thing you would need to have for a dance. The penguin! Well, that's what he ends up carrying. What is she carrying? Accoutrements for the penguin! What, what are they? They look like tubes. Penguin just tubes. tubes. It doesn't make any sense. They're penguin tubes. She's carrying what to my eye looked like a pile of didgeridoos and vuvuzelas. <laughs> they weren't in the dance. I don't know what the fuck she was carrying. So Seth is watching this happen and Lindsay comes into the scene and is also watching this happen. Describe the business between... Ryan and Marissa. The di- the dialogue that I believe that they're making up on the spot is painful. <laughs> we had the... We were having some snacks while we were watching, so we had the subtitles on. Also, can we talk about how there are parts where the subtitles absolutely do not match what is being said? Not even at all. No. Yeah, I remember looking at you like, that's not what that said. Yeah. The fuck does that... What? Whatever, the show is bad. Um... <laughs> So I'm okay. So they're they're being both like, cute and- well, we're not going to have any dates. I guess we could we could go as friends. Is this where they say? Yes, this is where they say they could go as no, friends. No, because you just asked me to describe the interaction between the two of them. So now we're getting off course. No, no, no. But this was yeah. where Ryan and Marissa are like because she's not asking DJ and he doesn't have anyone because Lindsay said no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, at one point, yeah, she's like, will you help me carry things? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you can go get the penguin. And he's like, the penguin? And it's a big stuffed penguin. And she's like, don't drop it. It was really expensive. And he starts hitting her with it or some shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh no. I'm going to drop it. No, I'm going to no. drop it. He pretends- she's like, oh, no, my vuvuzelas. He pretends to drop it. And then he's like, the penguin loves you, Marissa. Yeah, and he starts like, hitting her with it. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> my dickery doos. <laughs> They're all tingly. (laughs) (laughs) She drops her pile of fufuzelas on the ground and he's like smacking her with this penguin. Um, And that's where Seth is like, all that could be yours. (laughs) All of that playful penguin business. Really interesting thing. (laughs) Aren't you really upset that you said no to all that? Okay, but, okay, but, okay, but they have a great, and, and, 
this is a this is a moot this is a moot thing to point out because as we establish time and time again show bad <laughs> show does not know what happened one month ago mm-hmm. three weeks ago uh-huh. but I believe at some point this season Marissa screamed at Ryan we have never been just friends uh huh oh yeah oh yeah blithely forgotten (laughs) (laughs) moments later gone like it never happened never happened Mm -hmm. so this is where she asked him to the dance as friends yep sorry please continue so now they're going to the dance as friends and Lindsay has lost out on all of that all of that yeah and Seth is like it's still not too late. And uh, she says, he's going to think I'm crazy. And Seth says, you're a girl. He's expecting that. It's like, fuck womp, you, Seth. Womp. Fuck you, Seth. You're also a piece of you, shit. Seth. Fuck you. <laughs> so this is the scene, the one that we go to next, where uh, Seth goes to Summer for advice about Alex in the Lunch room, pool room, <laughs> conference room, <laughs> conference room B, whatever the fuck they are. Were yeah. they on like a basically like a window seat? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Did your no school have window seats no. with ample pillows? No, no, it did not. No, 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 it did not. If it did, would they have been? Humped into oblivion by frustrated Catholic teenagers. Wow. The pillows? No. No? No. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Why are you sure? Oh my god. (laughs) For some reason, Summer keeps giving Seth the time of day in this episode, even though every time he comes near her, she should just pepper spray him. Yeah. That should be the only response that he gets in this episode. Bad cat. He needs the just water spray. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For some reason, she keeps she keeps making space for him physically and socially, also, and it's aggravating. Do you know who would have been a lot better uh, doler out of this female advice? That in a way that would have made me believe that these characters are actually connected. Do you remember when he went to Marissa's? Bedroom yeah, 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 yeah. To get advice about Summer, and she was like, you fucking blew it, my guy. Yeah. That would have been nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. They no. don't do that. No, because they need they need her to be seen by Zach yeah. with Seth. Who has also previously said, I am going to be deeply mature about your friendship and thing that you need to work out with Cohen. Yeah. So that didn't happen. That had an expiration date. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if I'm going to be generous with this season, with this series, it would have been very boring if if Zach was just a perfect boy. Yeah. Just nonstop. If he was just 
you know, perfectly mature, self-aware, forgiving, patient. No high school boy No, is patient. But it also would have been interesting for them to actually play out that tension in trying to be cool versus not being cool. Instead, we get cool speech in two episodes or go or whatever to a complete 180. Yes. That's what they love to do. They love it. They love to do it. Yeah. So they're on the windowsill. What is he asking about? How he should Oh, that's right. She's that's right. This is where Summer is like Olivia Wilde. She's playing hot and cold the Cohen. And you just keep coming in hot. Yeah. And you need to Oh, cool and it there's off. Top Gun metaphors. Yes, and that's where He's just going on and on about Top Gun, and that's when Zack sees them, and she's, like, playfully hitting Cohen over the head with a magazine. The subtitle says something about an F-16. Yeah. Yeah. And Zack's eyes are just like, oh, I don't like it. Oh, and... This is happening all the time. He's... He... Seth also says in the banter part of the dialogue that Top Gun is one of the quintessential love stories. Yeah. Between whom? <laughs> Between Iceman and Maverick, obviously. It's the only reading not, I could ever have. It is certainly not fucking Kelly McGillis. No. No. No, it is not. So, yes, that's that scene. She's like, you gotta play it cold, Cohen. The next time she tries to talk with you, just shut her out i just want to say that i am livid that they did not i will not watch the new top gun because of reasons but also because kelly mcgillis was too old that's so fucking ridiculous Uh uh-huh tom cruise is so old yeah but that's neither here nor there. This has been Top Gun Corner. Anyway, <laughs> it's basically a reprise of the scene where Zach turns around and leaves when he is annoyed with their antics. You know what fucking else it is? Hmm. It's also a goddamn reprise of Confidence, Cohen, from fucking season one. How many times does he need to go to some fucking girl and be like, another girl doesn't like me. What am I doing wrong? And the one girl would be like, you're you. That's what's wrong. (laughs) You're being yourself. Stop being yourself and maybe someone will like you. Someone (laughs) else. Perhaps try being Iceman. (laughs) Um, That's a very good point. But also... Does it mesh with the teenage experience? Like, asking other people what you're doing wrong? Yes, absolutely it does. Okay. It does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it meshes with my teen experience. Yes. Why did they like me? What did they do? What did they do? They're so hot. Is that what you sounded like? Yep. When you dated the girls in high school? Yep. Okay. Yep. That might be... They might not have been able to understand what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happens next? Uh, Sandy tracks down Renee Wheeler. Yes. And, and he's like, ah, Mrs. Wheeler, it's so nice to accidentally run into you. 
the, he gets out of a car and basically like sprints after her. Right? Yeah, and she's like, I can't talk to you. This is unethical. I'm going to talk to the bar association. And he's like, I don't know if we need to get all that involved. Maybe we can just have a conversation. She's like, have a, you can talk to my lawyer. And he's like, ah, your lawyer doesn't want so much me to be talking to you. And she's like, that's exactly the point. I need to go. And he's like, I know what you did last summer. And she's like, what? Is that a movie reference? And he's like, what do you want from me? And she's like, what is happening right now? And he's like, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) And she's like, what? He's like, Stella. Stella. He insinuates that he knows that she had an affair with Caleb Nichols. And then, in the later scene with him and Caleb Nichols, we learn that he somehow intuits from this conversation with Renee Wheeler that there is a child. Uh-huh. How does he intuit that, Sarah? He's Sandra Anthony Cohen, Evan. But I guess I'm asking, in this scene, did you get that at all? It mostly seems like she tries to avoid his conversation. He tries. She tries to avoid his questions. Gives him no answers. Well, and he's like, okay, "Oh, okay. you got pranked up. That's what fucking happened." Okay, no, but it actually does make sense. Okay, walk me through it because I I didn't catch whatever it was that was happening in this scene that led him to that conclusion. If they were having an affair or whatever, and I also have questions about the characterization of it being an affair. Fair. Did she work for Caleb? Is that why it was an affair? I don't know. Because um, Caleb's, the mother of Caleb's children has been dead, right? For a long time. So wasn't it just like they dated? Anyway, I don't care. Um, <laughs> he just intuited 16 years is a long time to be making alimony payments. Uh-huh. And the only other reason why you would be getting continued payments is if there was a child. Uh-huh. So that's it. That is, uh, He didn't say that in this scene with her. He says that in the following confrontation with Caleb. Well, I'm squishing two scenes together, and you're going to like it. Okay, no, but I guess what that says to me is they didn't actually do a good job of explaining that somehow he intuited it. You know? If neither of us got that from this conversation with these two characters, then yeah, he just sort of magically divinated or divined that there's a kid involved. And this is also, like, this is partly my extremely unreliable and fuzzy memory because uh, when this plot line started, like the second it started the season, I was like, shit, I remember Yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what it's I'm fine. bringing to it from my first viewing or second yeah. viewing or whatever. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Anyway, the adult plot line is dumb, so it's fine that we're squishing those two scenes together anyway. The, the adult plot line is the only thing that is unique about this episode. Like, <laughs> it's called a different name than the last episode, uh-huh. but all the same things happen in teenage land. The only things that, that are new that happen in this episode happen between Caleb and Renee and Sandy. And they're probably desperately trying to attract an adult audience and needed to throw them a bone for 
when parent when parents are watching this for uh, adult content that they don't want their teens to see. Yeah. They want to throw the adults a bone. Sure. Okay. That's fair. And be like, here's a dumb alimony plot. You're so welcome. When they were writing this story, this episode, they were like, okay, um, so we need these beats. Uh, we need to accomplish these things. We want to We want to tell the audience that Lindsay is Caleb's love child. We want to uh, explain to the audience that now Sandy has discovered this and is pretty sure he's right. Um, what are we going to do with the kids? I guess we'll just do literally exactly what we did with them last episode. Uh, okay, well, uh, there can't be another concert. What will it be? I guess a school dance? Done. Bam. That's all it took. And then they wrote this episode. Perfect. Bingo. So now we are seeing the characters who... Uh, made decisions that they were not happy with, try to course correct on those decisions. Uh, Lindsay, I don't know if they're in, I think they're in the classroom. Yeah. She goes, okay, the answer is yes. And Ryan's like, whoa. And Ryan's like, the fuck? What? What's going on? Whoa. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I'll go to the dance with you. And he's like, well, I'm going with someone else now. Yeah. Which again, plot hole. Because if they were just going as friends, that she would have had no reason to say, oh no, now I am sad that you were going with someone else. Right. Right? Yeah. But, you know, Ryan's true to his word. Yeah. He's not just going to be like, fuck you, Marissa. Now a different girl. Yeah. Wants to, whatever. Summer reminds Zach to buy tickets to the dance, but Zach says he can't go because he has family stuff. And Summer says something like, unless you are mourning the death of a pet. Uh-huh. It's, then, a, little, it's a little tone deaf, but... Then we're going. I mean, he's obviously yeah. being, you know, a little bit of a shit. <sighs> oh, but really quick, I did want to go back to the scene with Lindsay and Ryan. Okay. Uh, where he he says no, um, she then she's like, oh uh, yeah, no yeah, you're you're right, yeah, um, it's better this way anyway. Is this the one where, where she gives a speech? Who are you going with, Marissa? Oh right, she's the most beautiful girl in the history of high school. Is that what this is? No, that's later. This later. Uh, Fuck. No, it's fine though. She's like, yeah, no, this is, yes, it's good. This is good. Yes, good. I'm glad. I'm happy that you're going not with me. Okay, good. And it's so stupid. It's very stupid. But anyway. Then, yeah, uh, Zach is like, well, I've got a family thing. I'm not going to the dance with you. I mean, team Zach. Yeah, except. Zach is at the end of Zach's rope. He could actually just like break up with her if you wanted to be like not shitty and ambiguous about it and that's the character that they were because hey do you remember he was also the extremely mature character however many episodes ago where he was like hey you and i had a great summer you know we had a really fun time together if you want to be with cohen i get it 
I have to go read the LA Times and the Wall Street Journal simultaneously now. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can write Greek with my left hand and, rope and Latin with my right hand simultaneously. I get it. I have Nicki Minaj's entire catalog memorized. <laughs> right? This was the emotional maturity that we gave this character. Now he's throwing, like, hissy fits. But, like really passive-aggressive ones where he's like, oh, it turns out I'm busy, actually, so, yeah, I'm not going to the dance. But this makes him more believable as a teenage boy. It does, but again, what's my whole fucking thing? The pointless quest that I will never get... Consistency? Absolution on, yes. Consistency, Cohen? Yes, consistency, Cohen. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if if we were to try and demonstrate that exact same sort of emotional maturity now, then he could be like... Hey, you know what? Remember that thing where I was like, it sort of seems like you and Cohen are a thing? It's really seeming like you and Cohen are kind of a thing, even though you're saying that you're not. So maybe we should just let each other go. He gives a version of that speech minus the we should let each other go part at some point in this episode. Yes. And that's where she says, Seth's not my boyfriend. He's just, you know... Cohen. Oh, that's after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in my mind, I want to, we may as well have this conversation now because it's a fine time to have it. What the fuck does that mean, Sarah? He's just, you know, Cohen. What the fuck does that mean? He's this boy I used to bully relentlessly and nag incessantly before for some reason I, I turned out to like him for no obvious actual cause or purpose. The writers didn't know it at the time, but what that means is it's fodder for endless Summer and Seth fan camps. Oh, gross. Fucking A. Yep. Dislike. Yep. Go on Tumblr and search Summer and Seth sometime. I won't, because I don't want to see any spoilers. Ah. Twelve years from now. When we are done with this podcast. (laughs) If Tumblr still exists. And we're on to our next podcast where you and I break down episode by episode, chapter by chapter, Melville's Moby Dick. (laughs) I was going to say say yes to the dress. Where it's queering dick. That's what we call it. (laughs) I don't think it would actually take all that much to actually queer that story. I'm pretty sure it's queer as fuck as it is, but anyway... Also, I want to say, if we ever had merch, we're never going to have merch, but I would want Consistency Cohen to be (laughs) the first merch item. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Okay. So, next scene. What the fuck's going on? What the fuck is going on? Um, Is this where Seth is wearing his cop shirt? Did you see the cop shirt? I did see that. It says something like respect authority yeah it's a cop car with the doors open it makes me hate him even more (laughs) what the fuck um this is the scene where he inexplicably in the pursuit of being cold per summer's advice ends up quitting his job he goes to the fucking place the bait shop this is where she's like there's a big dookie on the ground (laughs) that you can clean up there's puke on all of the radiators. But first, can you throw out all the empties? And he's like, yep. And he gets a trash bag and he starts throwing shit in. And she's like staring at him. And she's like, so you're not going to 
prattle at me like an incessant baboon. Meanwhile, like a fucking her asshole like you normally do. Also, in this scene, her butterfly tattoo is in the process of going from one arm to the other, <laughs> to the front of one arm, to the back of the other arm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this tattoo, you guys. <laughs> The traveling butterfly tattoo. So she's like staring at him. And so it's like, clearly working. You're not, uh, well, you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to talk incessantly at me until I want to kill myself. And he's uh-huh. like, um, you made it pretty clear. We're, you know, we're coworkers. That's cool. I'm doing my job. That's, I'm, this is the thing that I'm ostensibly paid to do. And she's like, uh-huh. And then she gives him like a bunch of weird looks. The eyes. Olivia Wilde does a good a good job of eye acting. Who also, they have slightly reduced the stupidity of her hair in this episode. Just slightly. Just they're dialing it back a little bit. It's not in the buffant anymore. Thank God. But the purple is still there. She still has one weird random streak of purple. But anyway, so her eyes are like, why the fuck isn't he talking at me like a weird asshole anymore? What the fuck? Is he sick or whatever? So what we as impressionable teenage viewers are meant to discern from this scene is hot and cold is a strategy rather than acting like a goddamn human being (laughs) as the person who you are interested in works. Yep. Because she starts walking away and then he's like, well, actually, there is one thing. Uh, and then he fucking quits. I have a lot of... And here's the thing. Like, any anybody that knows Seth could call him on this immediately. It would have been believable to, to me as the viewer to the point... Up until the point where he said, I have a lot of school work. I have a lot of things happening outside of school. And also this dance and coming up. And also this dance what? coming up. What? 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 <laughs> You're not on the committee. It's an night of the year. It is unclear whether you are actually going, right. my dude. <laughs> what? You have nothing going on in your life, you fuck. Nothing. You have no friends. You have no one who loves you. You had a comic book club at one point, but you fucked that up. You fucked, you let one person in. <laughs> and then because that person was dating your ex, you fucked that whole thing. Fuck you, Seth Cohen. Uh, so he's like, she's like, she's like, um, you're quitting because I don't want to kiss you anymore. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm totally no. This isn't. It's nothing. It's not because of that at all. Uh, no, of course not. And then he um, goes outside and pukes over the railing of the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah, he has the audacity then to leave and have this look on his face that's like, she just let me quit. She just paid me in cash and let me quit. What the fuck? And she has this face that's like, he just fucking quit? What the fuck? Yep. Anyway, it's bullshit. It's awful and it's bullshit. So this next scene is, I think, the one scene where we genuinely enjoyed ourselves. Seth is now at home on the couch watching a kung fu movie. Uh, It's a Sammo Hung movie, I guess. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, And he's like... Ryan comes in to the room and he's dressed up for the dance. Looking all snazzy. And Sandy is like, looking pretty sharp, my man. Did you like that, Sandy? That was a really good Sandy. Thank you. Yeah. 
And they both look at Seth and they're like, Seth, you're not fucking coming to the dance. And Seth is like, no, I clearly have this Kung Fu movie to watch. And that's when Sandy dads. Yep, Sandy and Kirsten moms. Kirsten moms and Sandy dads. They parent in the most delightful way. (laughs) So what do they do? They're like, oh, we thought that we would also watch a movie tonight. And they sit on either side of Seth and they're like, son, is this a superhero movie? Do they wear capes in Kung Fu? That person is smoking. I don't know if he's a ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, honey. And Seth is horrified by the idea of having to sit next to his parents through uh, the time period of a Kung Fu movie or the length of time of a Kung Fu movie. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to the dance. This is why Seth is, he's an extra loser. (laughs) Because I would have loved to watch this kung fu movie with Sandy and Kirsten. Yeah. That sounds like I would have got, I would have been like, you know what this needs? Popcorn. Let's fucking get into it. Let's all smoke a weed together. But Seth is a giant loser, and so instead he's like, all right, I'm gonna dance. Ah! Okay, but question. Putting yourself in the position of a 16-year... You said, I'm interested to know whether you as a person, Seth's age, so 27, (laughs) (laughs) but in high school, in this position, your actual parents, if Uh they had sat down and wanted to make fun of the movie that you were watching with you, Uh would you have been into that? Uh, Yes, very much so. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. But I was also a huge nerd. Uh, so, and I like my parents. So. Okay. That, yes. You not so much. You not so much. I can't answer that question. I, um, I can't answer that question without getting weird and emo because, like, if I, I was, if I was 27, yes, I would have loved it. But at age 16, probably not. That's fair. So they're going to the dance! Also, I apologize for this detour into sincerity. Hey, no, it's all good. I love it. Mm. So they're going to the dance, and that means that both Ryan and Seth are, again, presume... What? Are they at Summer's house or Marissa's house when they go to get... Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Summer's house. But I want to say Marissa's house because they haven't made any jokes about who let you up here. No, but I'm pretty sure it's Summer's house. Okay. Uh, Because, yeah, it is. It's Summer's house. So the girls are getting ready and... The boys. What are they talking about? I don't remember the girls because... It's It's a... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I remember now. Uh, Summer at one point is like, well... At least Cohen isn't going, so he won't have to see that I'm third wheeling with you and Ryan. Something like that, yes. right? Because Marissa's like, oh, yeah, because Marissa's like, well, where's Zach? And she's like, I don't know. Not here. Yeah. Because apparently he saw me and Cohen and he got all emo about it. Yes. Yeah. And then 
both Cohen and Ryan are there when they open the door and what does Summer say? Something like, oh God. Yeah. (laughs) We are right there with you, girly. 100%. We are right the fuck there with you. Um, okay. Caleb, oh, at some point prior, Sandy has made a phone call to Caleb to say, I have some information that might help you. I'll blow this thing wide open. Yes. Call me when you get a chance. Yes. So instead of calling, Caleb decides to knock on the front door of the Cohen stronghold. I love Kirsten's like, Dad, the fuck are you doing here? He's like, Sandrew called me. And Sandy's like, yeah, I told you to call, you piece of shit. I don't want to fucking see you. I was in the neighborhood. I was in the neighborhood. (laughs) No, I like your first voice for for Caleb. Yeah. So Sandy takes him into the other room. Um, Attorney, client, privilege. Etc. Etc. And he's like, I know what the fuck is up. I know everything. You got a baby. You got yourself a baby there, didn't you? Little man. Little man. What is... How are you going to raise the baby on one salary? (laughs) Do you got enough diapers? What does Caleb say? Um... He just says... His breakthrough is really an informed bluff. Ms. Wheeler kind of stiffened up when he mentioned an affair, so he's intuiting it. Oh, okay. And then that's enough for Caleb to say, yeah, it fucking happened. We dated for a few months or saw each other for a few months. And then we cut it off and she came to me and said she was pregnant and I set up a trust. Yes. Yes. And that's where uh, Sandy is like, cool. Just literally say that. Come forward with it, and the court will be like, oh, okay, that's why the trust is there. Not a big deal. But for some reason, he refuses to do it. Yep. And as of yet, we do not understand why. Plot contrived. It's so contrived. Um, so now we're at the Snow Sea at long last. Yay. It looks really good for a high school dance. It's all... None of the yoga mats are in view. <laughs> none of the vuzelas <laughs> slash didgeridoos. Nope. But we do see the penguins. There are, there are penguins, yes. Excellent work, Ryan, for carrying the penguin. Good job. They enter to a faint song. What is the name of the song, Sarah? I don't recall. Good. Yeah. Good job. But... Uh, the who did we name check without looking anything up in this episode? The faint and Imogene Heap. Yes, Imogene Heap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So our fingers are on the pulse. Also, of nineties music. <laughs> the faint is not nineties. You're right. You're the right. Yeah. Faint is early fully two thousands. Yeah, which is basically the nineties. <laughs> early two. It's the whole thing when you transition a decade, you don't really know where you are. I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, the best part of all of 
the scenes that take place at the snow sea is no one is dancing to the same song. None of the background extras are dancing to anything remotely like what is happening. None of them know. The direction was just like, "Eh, dance. (laughs) They didn't know. (laughs) None of them had any idea what they were dancing to. They didn't know what dance they were at. They didn't know what was going on. Is it a slow song? Is it a fast song? Sure. I don't know. Whatever. So we see Marissa and Ryan slow dancing, um, despite the fact that canonically Ryan does not dance. He's he's come around to it. He's had to dance a number of times now. Uh, when? In this show, I don't fucking know. A little thing called Cotillion. Remember it? Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. Cotillion. Okay, so they're slow dancing, and Julie sees them and is like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy that Marissa is back with Ryan as opposed to the pool boy." Jimmy's Ooh, like, "I'm here now." <laughs> Right, and Julie's like, I'm so glad you're here now. And uh, he's like, God, you fucking... (laughs) Jimmy essentially says last season you hated Ryan. Yeah. And she's like, at least he's not brown, is essentially what she says. Yeah. But what she says is he's not the pool boy. And they, uh, they talk. They talk. What leads to them smooching? Um, well, first she kisses him. Yes, yes, yes. And then the other thing happens later. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this. Adam Brody does a really good job with these specific motions. The Summer and Seth are standing a fair bit apart and. Seth is making these increasingly pitiful faces at her because he wants to dance with her. Right? And it's like, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she's she like, gives in eventually. She's like, fine as long as we don't talk. Yeah. So they're dancing together and Ryan and Marissa are dancing together. At what point were all four of them in the car talking about how this is like the old times? On the drive up. On the drive up. Yeah, on the drive up, they're all like, wow, this is just like old times. And fucking Seth and Summer are fighting in the back. Yep. And Ryan and Marissa are being not dating in the front. <laughs> I really, it is. Like, you could have pulled this scene directly out of fucking episode seven, season one. But they deliberately want you to be like, Oh, these are the core four, and they're meant to be. They they want you to get the warm fuzzies. Oh yeah, from that scene. I got none of that. That's because I wanted Summer to kick Seth out of the car. Your heart is cold and dead. I wanted his. I wanted him to stick his head out of the car and get fucking <laughs> uh, hereditaryed. <laughs> A little mama head come off. Little mama head come off. Little diva head. Come <laughs> little off. diva head come off. <laughs> Shout out, Matt Rogers. We love you. Um, so anyway, yeah, that happened. So at one point while they're dancing, are we there yet? Where yeah. Seth is talking? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. At one point, um, Ryan and Marissa, I don't know where this happens in the dance. A lot of things happen in the dance. But oh, wait, he's- wait, Julie talks to Ryan and calls him handsome. That's right. Yes. Yeah. At some point. Yes. This yeah. is before they go outside. Yeah. Yeah. 
are they talking while they dance? And he's like, how come DJ isn't here? And she's like, because he wouldn't like this. And Ryan asks her, is that something he wouldn't like or you wouldn't like? Yeah. Because we've decided in this moment to make Ryan extremely perceptive. You know, whenever it's convenient for the plot. <laughs> He's not just a, what it was you pointed out earlier in the episode, but he doesn't have he lines. Does not know he doesn't what know what to the do fuck to do. He was just like a butt blinking into the middle distance <laughs> before someone was like, lines, lines, lines. <laughs> and he gets to be like, oh, thank God, lines, lines, lines. Um. Because also at some point while they're slow dancing, Seth starts to talk and she's like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, can I please just ask why Zach isn't here? And she's oh, wait, like, no. before all that happens, um, they have the conversation about, is this what you want or what you think DJ wants? Yeah. And he's like, she's like, I think I would like DJ here. I don't care what my mom says. And he's like. I think we're the same size. Because DJ has pulled up in his truck. Yes. To ostensibly to pick her up. Yeah. But he takes off his suit coat and his tie. Yeah. And this is when Ryan decides to go to Lindsay's house to profess his... Like. Like. (laughs) Interest. Yeah. He says like. Yeah. He professes his his like. Yeah. And that he's not going to stop fighting or he's not going to give up or... He's going to keep trying. So now we go back in. We go back inside because it's been three minutes without Seth talking. (laughs) The best three minutes of this episode. (laughs) So he asks why Zach isn't there. And Zach. Oh, Zach gets there because He's listening to the car radio that's like, hello, cool cats and kittens. <laughs> this is the radio station that definitely existed on a high school. <laughs> this is the high school radio station. Broadcasting live from this high school dance. From the snow sea. The snow sea. And this is out to goes out to all you lonely hearts, and then there's some fight. So fucking stupid. It it transitions to Greece for like five seconds. Yeah, so he does a dangerous U curve turn thingy. Yep. And you hear the the stock. Yeah. It's like a car passes him. Yep. And we're like, oh, Christ, this is going to happen. Yep. So, yeah, okay, Seth and Summer are dancing, and he's like, where's Zach? And she's like, I guess he's jealous because he saw us talking on at the, the thing and at the thing and yeah. at the thing and, and at, at the, the thing, thing and at the thing. Yes. And what does fucking Seth say? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter because this is when Zach bursts in. Oh, wait a second. What? Fuck. Um... Yes, this is where he, but this is not where the punch happens, though. No. Because, okay, he comes in and he sees them. Does he just leave? No. No, that's he right. He makes a speech about you guys are always going to be together, no matter. He, he compares them to both Joni and Chachi and Luke and Leia. Yeah. And Seth is like, Luke and Leia were brother and sister. And yeah, that's when Zach is like, well, Jen, just fucking just fuck, fuck each fuck other, you. you fucking incestuous fucks. Mm-hmm. 
and he leaves. And Summer's like, Zach, no. <laughs> and that is when, for the contrivance is of the most contrivance, the contrivanciest yep. that ever contrived. Yep. Zach shows up at the bait shop. Yep. Which is open despite the fact that there is no concert. Yep. And he goes to <laughs> He goes to the bar. Olivia Wilde. Being tended by Mandy and Alex. Uh-huh. And orders. He orders an ice cold. Yoo-hoo. A yoo-hoo, everybody. <laughs> he would like a yoo-hoo. Was there product placement from yoo He orders a chocolate milk. <laughs> God bless him, though. You know? Okay. Very consistent with the son of a congressperson who okay. really definitely wants to be a senator. yoo is vaguely carbonated. Oh, yeah? So she says, stop drinking your chocolate soda at one point. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. And Alex slash Olivia Wilde is in like, all of her wisdom, of her seventeen-year-old wisdom. Uh huh. Is her hair back up? I mean, it's no, no, it's not great, but it's not that bad. She's like, he's like, well, my girlfriend's dancing with another guy, and she's like, yeah, coming here and drinking a yoo-hoo is sure going to fix that problem. Yep. He's like, well, what should I do? She's like, you got to go and fight for her. And he's like, yeah, I could take Cohen. Thanks for the advice. And she leaves and he's, and she's, and he leaves and she's like, did he just say Seth Cohen? Yeah. Mandy's like, do I mean nothing to you? (laughs) She's like, not right now, Mandy. Because Mandy is the other person in this scene. We can't actually broach the topic of bisexuality in this fucking show. (laughs) Oh. It couldn't take it. It absolutely couldn't take it. I, I have some things to tell you, but I'm not going to tell them. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, we are also interpolating or juxtaposing this scene with Ryan showing up at Lindsay's and she's wearing the Freudian slippers. Freudian slippers. They're very cute. I don't like Freud, but I love this because yeah, he interrupts her while she's doing homework. Uh huh. And she's in her PJs essentially. And she takes off her glasses to talk to him, which I can't stand. Yeah. I'm so upset about it. Yeah. She's like, oh, Ryan, let me be librarian. <laughs> and this is where he's like, I made a mistake. I should have listener, gone with you. I just took off my she glasses. Just, yes, very pointedly. She just took off her glasses, listener. Am I like 500% hotter now? I mean, no. Because you're always hot. <laughs> also, I can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he makes his case. He makes his speech. And I think she's still like, no. Uh, he's like, uh, I should have gone with you to the dance. I'm sorry. And she's, and he's like, would you like to go out sometime? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, not, not, I didn't mean tonight. I mean like tomorrow. And she's like, no, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work out for all the reasons I said before. And that's when he's like, well, you know what? Fuck you. I don't care. I'm going to continue to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you until I break you down the Seth Cohen way. And then you'll say yes, eventually, even though you don't want to. Do you know what women love? Being broken down. Like a horse. Until they say yes. 
Yep. To make you shut the fuck up. I'm going to turn your nose into nays. What? <laughs> but then he's sort of like, he's like, I'll see you later, my little prey what rabbit. He, what the fuck does he actually say? What he does say is he likes her a lot and he hopes that someday she'll come around to liking him too. Yeah, she said. Yeah, she says if he Which gets is, to know him, she'll probably like him too. Which is like, it's phrased way better than that. It's a nice sentiment. Yeah, it's not like a. It's not explicitly. I am going to keep pursuing you. Yeah, no. It is a genuine expression of I like you. I wish you would like me. But less creepy than that. Yeah. More like if you got he, the way the, the way it's phrased is nice. Yeah. It doesn't come across as creepy. No. Or uh, stalkerish. So now we're back at the snow sea and DJ and Marissa are slow dancing. And who should finally see them? And this is where, did you hear one of the other moms is like, that's my gardener. And that's when Lucy, not Lucy, Julie is about to swoop in and it's great. Jimmy grabs her by the arm and is like, nah. He's like, no, 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 no. She's like, but I have to. And he's like, what? Embarrass Marissa in front of everyone? Yeah, that's going to go over really well. (laughs) And she's like, blah, blah, the gardener. And this is where he tells her that his mom uh, threatened him with something of like cutting him off or something if he didn't break up with her. And she's like, you never told me that. And he's like, well, I didn't want to fucking embarrass you. And also, fuck my mom. Fuck that old bitch. I loved you. And, uh, you know, and and he he says some other complimentary things about, like, you've always been beautiful, but you've never been nice or whatever. Yeah, And this is what leads to them smooching. Yes. Then she smooches him and he's taken aback. But then he totally he he engages with the smooching. Would. What, What do we think about? Well, I mean, obviously, yes. What do we think about this, though? Like with the larger ramifications of like, she's technically with Caleb and we already know that she would have happily cheated with Caleb or cheated on Caleb with the the fireman dancer. Like if she would have gotten the chance. I am team Julie. Until she, like, kicks a puppy, I am sure. team Julie in all things. Yeah. Julie is pure id. Uh-huh. Julie is what Julie wants in that moment, and none of us are really capable of pursuing that, and I love that for her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'm on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it probably was really meaningful for her to hear that it, he was threatened with being cut off and pursued her anyway. Yeah. That's a romantical ass thing. It is. Yeah. And his hair is way better in this season. Uh, the the larger question remains. Does he have a job? <laughs> no, we know he doesn't have a job. <laughs> he lives on a boat. How does he live on a boat? <laughs> we you just stop stop asking questions. Okay. All right. Uh, and oh, uh, we can also point out that um, Marissa and DJ are sharing a very cute dance. Yes, very cute couple. Do we like Marissa and DJ, or are we resigned to their fate is doomed? That's I mean, not a leading question. I personally would love to see Marissa with anyone that isn't Ryan because that whole thing is obviously fucked. Yeah, it's just obviously fucked. Like it's fine. It doesn't matter. What I want for Marissa is for Marissa go to to go to more than one point five sessions of a therapy. <laughs> yes, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. 
I would like Marissa to self-actualize. So is this, where do we go from here? Do we go back to Ryan in the pool house reading a fart or whatever he's reading? Reading a fart. What comes before this, that scene? The punch. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay. So cut to. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an instant classic OC episode because punch. So Seth and Summer are dancing. No, now they're waiting outside. That's right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, she's sitting on the porch because she, or she's bench. waiting on a bench because she's waiting. How does she phrase it? She's waiting for DJ and Marissa to stop making out. Yep. And Seth comes outside and he's like, well, Ryan took the car. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, yes, go Ryan. Yes. Fuck Seth. Yes. He can fucking hitchhike. And... Summer gestures sarcastically for Ryan, Ryan Seth. Seth to sit down on the bench, and he sits down, and it's fun. It's fun physical comedy because he positions himself sort of like halfway to her, mm-hmm. and is like no, 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 and goes to the direct opposite side of the bench. Yeah, and this is when, this is when Zach comes flying into the scene. And Summer's like, Zach! And she stands up and walks over to him and Seth stands up and is like, hey, Zach, buddy, it's good to see you. And what happens? Zach punch. Zach punch! <laughs> Seth goes down like a pile of kittens. <laughs> uh, Summer's like, Zach, what the fuck? And she's like, Cohen! And I love Zach immediately is like, oh shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like apologetic it's, immediately. I mean, it's very unsenator son behavior. It is. Unless you're George Santos. Ah. Nah. Nah. Uh, that was top. So then uh, Alex flies into the scene. And we're like, what the fuck? The fuck is happening? And she's like, she says, I felt responsible for you. Yeah. And she says, I got this from here. Yeah. So Zach and Summer can go and have their moment. And uh, Seth and Alex will eventually go and have their moment, uh, which is the interesting lighting setup that we uh, alluded to earlier in the episode. Yes. But Zach and Summer, Summer's like, why did you do that? And uh, (laughs) Seth's right there icing his hand. Yes. Okay, but explain this to me. This is where Seth does one of the smartest things that I've ever seen him do. He blatantly steals from Raiders of the Lost Ark in order to get Alex to start kissing him. That's the very last scene. Oh, no, it's not the very last scene. Sorry. It's one of the last scenes. The last scene is, Mom, what are you doing here? Yeah. So The last Seth scene. What does that mean? Because I don't remember anything about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, Neither do I. God damn it, Evan. You went to film school. So uh, before that, can we talk about can we talk about Summer and yes. Zach? Yes. So they're icing Zach's hand and she what? She's asking him. I don't remember what the fuck happens, but this is where he's like, it's, yeah, he's like, look, you know, every fucking time I see you, it's you and it's you and Zach. And this is where she says he's just Cohen. Yeah, he's not my boyfriend. And he's like, well, am I your boyfriend? And she's like, well, you used to be. But then, for some reason, you decided not to go to the dance with me. And that's where he's like, well, would you go to the dance with me? She's like, well, let me think about it. 
So they're apparently back together. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so now we're back at the bait yeah, shop. Yeah. Uh, interesting lighting. It's Alex and it's Seth. And she, what is she? Cause he looks fine. He doesn't, they haven't, they haven't even attempted to make it look like he got punched at all. Right. Um, she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. Where he got hit. I imagine that. Oh, um, she's she's taking his fists. She's like, this is how you make a fist. And he's yeah. like making the worst fist in the he's going to break both of his thumbs if he tries to punch anything in the way that he's fucking. Oh, that's right. Because he's like he's trying to play it tough. He's like, oh, it's a good thing that we left when we did, because otherwise I would have. I would have done the old one, two, skin a marinky do yes. on that Zach fella. And she's like, oh, yeah, you like, show me what you got. And he's like, pathetically shadow boxing. And she's like, oh, my God. And that's where she's like, defend yourself. And she starts like pretending to slap him and stuff. And then she, I think she actually slaps then him. Then she fully she, slaps him. Yeah. And he's like, pretty ah. satisfying. It's extremely satisfying. Yes. I could see a lot more physical violence against Seth in this show, and I'd be happy. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so that's where she's like, oh, where'd I get you? And he's like, on my cheek. And she kisses him. And that's where he's like, she's like, she gives him the, she gives it to him. She sets this one up for him. She's like, did I get you anywhere else? That's where he's like, well, maybe on the mouth, maybe on the head of my cock. That's not what he says. That's not what he actually, no, no, he's, yeah, he says the mouth. But he taps on his mouth and it's like, maybe right here. And she's like, oh. And then they smooch. And then they do a big makeout smooch. Mm-hmm. They're smoochy smooching. Yep. And this is where Imogen Heap is playing. And because, it's a song that's basically yes. like, you punched me in the face. But I still like you. And I smooched you and I punched you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> the famous 2004 Imogen Heap hit. I smooched you where I punched you in the face. (laughs) Now is this? Now we're in the pool house with Ryan and Lindsay. Ryan, well, first we're just, it's just Ryan. He's reading Kant or something like that or Fahrenheit 451 or whatever the fuck he's he's reading. reading It's called The Inferno or The Great Fire. It is by, okay, this is what confused me because all I could see was Fire Hazard, but the author is Shirley Hazard. And it's oh, okay. So it's The Great Fire by Shirley Hazard. What's Correct. it about? I don't fucking know. I didn't read it. Can we get a, a Wikipedia synopsis of The Great Fire by Shirley Hazard? An extraordinary love story set in the immediate aftermath of the great conflagration of the Second World War. Whoa. In war-torn Asia and stricken Europe. Just stricken. Yep. Men and women, still young but veterans of harsh experience, must reinvent their lives and expectations and learn from their past to dream again. Interesting. There's a lot more. Let's not go into it. There's so much. We'll do a book report on it later. Okay, that'll be our next podcast as we do a book report on every book that a character is shown (laughs) reading on screen in the OC. That means you'd have to read a book. Ouch. Wow. Wow. Just drag me in front of everyone (laughs) for being illiterate. Um, You have the power to edit this out. I would never do that. You could. No. 
uh, I'm happy to be dragged. Happy to be dragged, especially by my wife. So he's reading The Great Fire. I'm not taking the further bait because I actually love you and I know that you like to read. You just don't do it a lot. There's a knock, knock on the door. There's a knock, knock of the boathouse. Door. Knock on wood. Who is it? It's Lindsay. It's Lindsay Wheeler, Lindsay. but we don't know her last name is Wheeler just yet. We sure. D- we do know her last name is not Wheeler because. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. Said it in yeah. the episode where they were assigned as lab partners. It isn't Wheeler. No. Okay. What is it? Lindsay Tuckus. Don't Tuckus. <laughs> it's not Wheeler. I don't remember, but I know for sure it's not. I'm 80% sure it's not Wheeler. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, stammering and talking a lot and talking about the fact that she's talking too much. And she's like, and I, and I think I like. But what is she really saying? I can't remember because there's a re. So he kisses her. Yeah. But there needs to be a reason. He wouldn't just go up and smooch her if he didn't feel like she was there to actually. Well, she's. It's the. It's a very kind of flirtatious, um, inept talking fast. This is where she's talking, where she says like, you know, you're a cute boy or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't say that, but she does say Marissa is essentially the most beautiful yeah. high school girl ever to exist. Yeah. And she's like, I'm talking too much and I don't know how to make myself stop talking. And he goes and smorches her. He smorches her. And she's like, I guess that's one way. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Ryan says he knows something that they can do that does not involve a lot of talking and the audience and us are like meant to go eyebrow right and we go eyebrow and then they're playing a video game and it's a great transition because they're obviously having a lot of fun and she's like you hear this horrible sound from the tv that they're playing and she's like where did my head go and he's like i think it rolled under the car so we assume that they are playing grand theft auto or mortal Kombat or something like that yeah (laughs) it's cute it is quite cute yes and that's one and consistency that I really do like about Ryan. Yeah. And this has, it's played out time and again like this, is even though he is super hot, um, he's he's never one to move too quickly in that yeah. regard. He is not just about sex. Yeah. He likes spending time with people. Yeah. And she says, oh, so this is, this is hanging out. And he's like, yep, this is hanging out. And then he does give her another little smooch, though. They do some smorching in between the rounds of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and that's where, um, ooh, ooh, before this scene. Oh, no, that's right. Then after this scene, uh, while they are playing video games, um, Sandy gets a ring-a-ding-dong. And it's Renee Wheeler. It's Renee Wheeler. And he's like, eh, Renee, it's lovely to see you with this time of night. And Kirsten's like, Sandy, is everything Okay. And he's like, yes, uh, client privilege. Why don't we go out back, Mrs. Wheeler, and we can talk in a place where your daughter can see us. <laughs> but I don't know it's your daughter yet. We just need to be conveniently located so that she can say mom at the end of the episode. And then we go, we cut to black. And that's exactly what happens, reader. She, What does she say? She comes out and she's like, blah, 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 case, blah, 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 daughter, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you just 
there's no court that would give a fuck if you just say there's a kid involved. This is why he made a trust. There's no one that would ever pursue this and he could go to jail and blah, blah, blah. Get the paperwork, you dumb bitch. Yeah. What does she say before Lindsay comes out? Don't remember. Because she comes to the house. I, she's got some reason for coming to the house besides just the convenient plot point of now she can see Lindsay and Lindsay can go, Mom, what are you doing here? That's- and we can slow zoom on Sandy's face as he goes, Oh! She came to talk to Sandy specifically. But does she? I can't remember if she says anything of actual consequence. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because okay. that's where we are now, and that's the end of the episode. And that's the end of the episode. Heroes and villains, Sarah. Heroes and villains. Do you have. My villain is Seth Cohen. <laughs> Your villain is always Seth Cohen. No, it isn't, is the thing. Sometimes Seth Cohen... That's the infuriating thing of the incredible inconsistency of the writing behind Seth Cohen's character is sometimes he's an utter putz. And sometimes you're like, all right, fine, he's charming. And he was written well, and he's well-intentioned as he's not a complete shithead. This episode, he's a complete shithead. He's not as bad as he was last episode, but he's pretty fucking bad. And he sure does go around calling people crazy a lot in this episode, which is a little annoying. My villain is Seth Cohen. Right. Um, I'm not taking your villain away from you. I'm, I'm so not- glad he got punched in the face, and I'm also really glad he got slapped. I wish he would have maybe got kicked in the groin at one point, but that's probably not ever going to happen. My villain is the male gaze. Explain. It's because of the kiss between Mandy and Because Alex. of the kiss between Mandy and Alex, because of the perception that the genders need to play games with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you, because that's obviously been a longstanding trope in romantic comedies for a long time. The playing hard to get, the hot and cold, you know, the that's that's such a quintessential part of will they, won't they-ing. I don't know why this popped into my head. Are you asking like where it started? No, I'm sort of asking like, you know, we've got terminology for these things. Like, you know, toxic masculinity is just a term that comes to mind that is an easy shorthand for so many of those sort of, you know, cultural behaviors in the way that men are socialized um, by and large, you know. So like what would be, uh, what does this fall under this it's it's part of the will they won't theying, yeah. But like that specific, like you've got to fight for the girl, you know, confidence, Cohen, yeah. you know, like all that stuff. Like what would what does that fall under? That's toxic masculinity to me. Because Is, sure, okay. That's part of the pursue her enough and be persistent enough and. Stand outside her window with a fucking boombox at two o'clock in the morning playing Peter Gabriel. Right. And eventually she'll be like, fine. Stand up on the coffee desk yeah. and say, Stand and profess your the, love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. So that's not what this is. This is the girls have to play hard to get, yeah. or you got to be hot and cold, or you can't show that you've got too much affection for this person. Yeah. Maybe there isn't an easy shorthand term for it. A, yeah. And if there is, I just haven't read the the feminist theory that would actually tell me what it is. Readers, O-Y-G W W T O C 
www.tomfer.com. If there's a term for what we're talking about, please let us know. But also, yes, 100% the male gaze that thinks it is hot to have two girls kiss. And let's not forget, um, Ryan and... No, the whole foursome made a huge deal about Alex kissing another girl in the car on the way to the dance. Yeah, right. Summer smacks Seth, which he's like, you didn't tell me she kissed a girl. Yeah. Marissa's like, she did what? Yeah. Katy Perry-ass subplot. Uh, Hero. Uh, I went first with Villa. You go first with Hero. Nobody? It's not as obvious, is it? <sighs> Nominally, I'm going to say, on a technicality, Jimmy. <laughs> for keeping his ex from embarrassing her daughter publicly and further fraying that relationship. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, he doesn't, I guess the hero doesn't need to be prominently involved in the episode, do they? They just have to be the person that we like the actions of the most. My other answer is Caleb for having one scene in this episode. The rest of it, he got to like have a massage and eat bonbons in his trailer. <laughs> right, yeah, just enjoy craft services. <laughs> um, Come back from New Zealand. Jimmy's a good one. Jimmy's a good one, yeah, because he... Yeah, he it's simultaneously sort of like builds Julie up a little bit while stopping her from, yeah, just injuring that relationship even more than she already has. Like he's a pretty, I'm not going to say good parent, but he's an okay parent. He's a mensch. Yeah. He's, he's a mensch. He's obviously made plenty of mistakes, you know, defrauding the majority of the... <laughs> <laughs> the um the uh, neighborhood is yeah. you know not great but but hey he can still chaperone dances there he's still allowed within 50 yards of minors yeah. so that's great for him yeah I i'm struggling if i could come up with another hero like all of the teenagers are just idiots <laughs> and you know in large part it's because they're teenagers mm-hmm. um I guess maybe Sandy, because he is trying, he's doing his damnedest to help. Um, so yeah, if I was forced at gunpoint to choose somebody that had a little bit more input narratively in this episode, I would say Sandy. But Jimmy is my close second. Yeah. Also, can we do away with gun to my head? As a framework. Oh, I suppose. No one in the entirety of all the multiverses is going to say, if you cannot name the hero of this episode, I will kill you. Do you want like testes in a vice? Are we just trying to come up with a different <laughs> phraseology, right? No, because all of it. Pinkies in a mouse trap. Who's going to put pinkies in a mouse trap? Um pulling out nose hairs. Can you not just say, if I had to choose? If I had to choose. Thank you. Somebody that had a little bit more narrative input in this episode, I would choose Sandy. 
Thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nostrils in a bind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that even means. What? It means go to therapy. California Zero? California. (laughs) You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC, the show about watching and talking about the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.